Hello, this is Michelle Weston with Wellness Learning Curves 2.0, talk radio for women. It's great to be back with you this week, and I've got another great guest. I try and find really interesting women, and sometimes men, but mostly women because we know that we're trying to empower the women out there here in the States and also across the pond. So I've got Brittany Hutstetter. Did I say that right? Hi, it's Hostetler, so the CH I, is silent. It's okay. You guys, it's really okay. You guys, because you read it as, let's let me explain, H-O-C-H. So when I looked yep. at it, I think Hochstetler. And right. when we spoke, she said, no, it's Hostetler. It's the it's the CH is silent. Um, and it's funny because she said her maiden name was so easy. And now she's got this more complicated name with her husband and her kids. But the kids, you know. They're born into it. So that's what it is. <laughs> oh, yeah. And we're just used to it. You know, it just it is what it is. So even it, when we tell someone a hundred times, they still say Hochstetler. And we're like, OK, you know, well, it's Hochstetler. Fine. <laughs> now, where are you? Where are you in the States? Uh, we live in Indiana. So okay. we live outside of, uh, I suppose, South Bend would probably be okay. um, an area that a lot of people would know, like Notre Dame. So we're outside. Perfect. Perfect. Oh, I love to, and I love to share that because you know I'm not just dealing with people in New York on the East Coast. I'm dealing with people all over the country, because we're talking to people all over the country, and the listeners right. really are a mix of people. And I think that that's inclusionary. You know, if you've got different different guests on, um, we're going to talk about something that most people don't consider a chronic condition, but it is. Um, I myself have had this chronic condition since I was diagnosed in first grade, so a long time ago, many decades, and that is ADHD, ADD, and I found Brittany on Instagram. So I have to tell you folks, if you have a really good Instagram page and you use that for business, for sharing what you do and empowering people and you know, inspiring people. You never know because I reached out to Brittany uh, in, you know, um, in the winter and I said, you know, what about us hooking up together? And Brittany, you also have uh, a radio show. You're doing, you're, you're co-hosting a radio show, a podcast, I should say, a podcast. So we're going to talk yeah. about that too. Um, how did you get into focusing on ADHD and how do you use that with your clients? Oh, so this, this really could go way back, I suppose, of just when I first wanted to help people or when it, when I knew that's what I wanted to do. And I would say, well, I guess I'll start out by saying my um, my father was diagnosed with ALS when I was nine and he passed away when I was 12. Oh, wow. So I knew, I knew at that time that I wanted to help people in some way. So even at that, even at a young age like that, even though I didn't quite understand what it was that I could do, I knew at least I wanted to help people in some way. And that really grew over time. I remember taking my first psychology course in high school and I loved it. And mm. I was like, okay, this is it. Like, I, I love this. And I think this is my track. And, um, you know, going into college, that's what I decided to do. And I kind of veered off a couple of times, got distracted by other types of degrees. Oh, maybe it's this I want to do and that. But I always came back to psychology. So 
I do have my bachelor's in psychology and then, um, yeah, my master's in positive psychology. And that was and that's kind of a what you guys, that's what you guys have really pulled me into because we're going to talk about what is positive psychology. So, so you decided to study your master's in positive psychology. Yeah. And it was kind of a last minute thing. I, I was debating between a master's in mental health counseling, which I think I'm going to be starting that here soon um, to become a licensed therapist. But I was debating between that and positive psychology. And I think what kind of pulled me in with the positive psychology is that, well, the study in general is different from, I mean, almost any other types of psychology, whether it's abnormal psychology or uh, criminal psychology, like all you have all of these topics where I don't want to say it's negative because we have to know these things, but it was different. I thought, you know, this is, this is a little different. You know, we're always reading about, you know, I don't want to use the word negative, but I don't know how else to word well, we it. We do. Um, I think we do. I think, especially yeah. with psychology, you know, but positive psychology, which started at Penn State, we were talking about that before, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. was a sort of a gift and an add-on, you know, to psychology. Yes, we talk about negative traits, right? Because that's what people go to psychologists for, psychiatrists for, is those negative traits. They don't go for their positive traits. But with positive psychology, what you're learning is your strengths. And Right. And as a health and wellness coach, studying it in an integrative manner, that is what, as a coach, I play to. I want to make sure you understand your strengths. So some of us are very, you know, we're very focused. Some of us are people that persevere. Um, Those qualities actually are very valuable to know because they play to your strengths as opposed to always, well, what do I have to fix? No, you don't have to fix this. This is your strength. So Mm -hmm. know that you have that. And I think that it's important. Um, Marty Seligman, Martin Seligman, really developed that and had a team of a number of people who then have made it more fluid and put it into um, programs that you can even do on Coursera at this point. You can study positive psychology if you don't want to head to a university. But, you know, I did it through Penn State, but Bridget did, yeah, Brittany did it through another program, you know, at another university because. That's how important it was to psychology. And it was, a, right. what would we say, the 70s, 80s? I think it's the 70s, 80s when they started to really, mostly the 80s, I think, of positive psychology. But 70s, they started yeah. to look at it, you know? And I think that that is, that's just, I love using it. In fact, we were talking, um, I use the VIA uh, survey uh, test. And I have people take the test when I start to work with them because I want you to start this with a smile on your face, understanding your strengths. And, yep. and with coaching, different than psychology, working with a social worker, psychologist, or psychiatrist, I'm here to partner with you. So I'm not telling you what to do. What I know as a coach and ethically, what my job is, is that I'm here to provoke powerful questions ask you powerful questions and provoke you to tap into your resources. Because a lot of times, right, people know what they think they don't. And you can get there by really 
working with someone and asking those powerful questions. And sometimes they get it immediately. Sometimes it's three months later and you have an aha moment. But it's cool to be able to let somebody go, oh, I got it. Oh, this past you know week or this past month, I've seen myself do blah, blah, blah. And that for me, is really powerful. Um, if I think somebody needs a, psycholo- a psychologist, a psychiatrist, I suggest that to them. I do not do right. treatment therapy. That is not in my wheelhouse. And you have to know that about yourself as a coach. You have to know your limitations and also ethically what you can sign on to do. And I think that's important. I really do. Um, you know, you said- Absolutely. Right? You have to really be able to- um, know how you're going to help someone and be able to share that. So definitely the VIA survey, you guys can find that online, enter via.com, via survey, you can find it. You can take it free if you're curious. Um, it's a it's a cool thing. You find out what your your traits are, what personality traits you have. And I've always been somebody who has a lot of perseverance. And, mm-hmm. I have a lot, and I have a lot of tenacity. So that's why I could contact Brittany through Instagram because I have a lot of tenacity. So the worst thing that could have happened was she could have said no, or she could have chosen not to, you know, respond to me. But here we are. And we both, uh, you know, talked before we started. And it's really wonderful to connect with people across the country. And that's what I want to be able to do with Wellness Learning Curves. I want you to understand it's 2.0 because it's a little above just what you're learning about right. a chronic condition, right? You want to be able to really go to that next level. So ADD, ADHD for you started you with your father, you know, you were nine and diagnosed with ALS. And that's a conversation I, I, you know, I want to have with someone very, very difficult ALS, Parkinson's, all these uh, that the body shuts down, but the mind doesn't is what is torturous. It's that's the, I think that's the most wicked part of it is that it's like everything in your body is shutting down except the mind. So, you know, you are 100% aware of what is happening to you. And that's just, I think that's what, it's it's cruel. It's cruel. It's It's really cruel. I think it's cruel. You know, I look forward to the day that we know more about ALS and that we can make a difference. Parkinson's, you know, um, these are things that, you know, Michael J. Fox has been unbelievable with what he's done for Parkinson's. Right. And there's a person, that's a person who perseveres and has a lot of tenacity and uses his platform well, because Mm -hmm. to be able to let others be seen through him that are struggling with it, or are the caregivers or spouses or so forth, or, you know, family members, that is a gift. So ADHD, ADD, I know that when I was a kid, it was a big thing in Michigan um, when I was growing up, a lot of us were put on Ritalin because we couldn't sit in class. We were very fidgety. We were up, we were distracted easily. And so at that point in time, they were developing more ways to help us focus. Okay. So Brittany and I were talking about people who are taking drugs like, you know, um, Ritalin and Adderall, who are not diagnosed with this, I'm having a very hard time understanding that because she and I know that if you're not 
ADD, ADHD, ADD, Adderall for us actually makes it easier for us to focus. So when I was right. getting my, right, when I was getting my master's, it was hugely helpful. But Brittany said what it does for people who do not have that diagnosis is it actually winds them up a little more and helps them focus. And I think, man, I would hate to be wound up anymore. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. And I don't want to say that every single person. Oh, no, 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 that, no, 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 no. Yeah, absolutely. There is a, there is a difference in, in the way that we re- respond, I guess, because, well, I technically was diagnosed with ADHD when I was younger, but my mom didn't, there wasn't any kind of treatment. And I think my mom, it wasn't because she was against Western medicine. It wasn't because that she didn't believe in it. I think she was so afraid of passing the message on to me that there is something wrong with you. And so we have to change you. We have to make Got you it. stop doing certain things. And I know she meant well. I And she I did at that time. She yes. Did, my mother did things too. And now as an adult, I look back too. Um, you know, right. and it was new, you know, and your father had ALS and she's watching this neurological condition mm-hmm. going, how can I dump this on my daughter? Right. Yeah, exactly. And she was very supportive of, me in general, I mean, uh, some of the problems I had in school were reading comprehension and just sometimes I just simply wasn't understanding what I was reading. And I'll tell you what, she was very supportive. And anytime I felt bad about myself, or I, maybe I didn't get the best grade on something, she never made me feel bad, not a single time, which I really do appreciate that. Um, I mean, she was very supportive throughout the years. I actually think she had it too. Mm. I actually, I think that it runs on my dad's side of the family, but I really think that she also had it. So looking back, I think about, you know, she was very disorganized and procrastinated and, you know, (laughs) also, also, I mean, she was a C student because she would, I don't know, same thing. She would read something and not completely understand what she read. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And, you know, I, so throughout the years, it's like, I knew I had it, but I never really thought of it. I just thought of it as, oh, it's just a little, I just have some issues focusing or getting distracted. I I, literally, that's about as far as I thought with ADHD. And, you know, through my adult years, I really wanted, um, I considered, you know, should I get another evaluation or an assessment? And, but I was afraid that my doctor or like any doctor would think that I was drug seeking. So I didn't do it for the longest time. Wow. It'll be two years in, I think it'll be two years in July when I finally said like, okay, I'm just going to go get evaluated. Like, do I even really have this? And, you know, yes, definitely I do. (laughs) And which it helped validate and confirm that, you know, I'm not just making stuff up because I think sometimes we think, do I, is this even real? Am I the one that's over-exaggerating? Is this my fault? Could I do more about it? Am I making up excuses? Am I just being lazy? But a lot of this stuff we've been hearing our entire lives. So I think some of those little, the negative messages and voices are sitting in the back of our minds always, just like it slowly creeps up on you. And, And see, that's where the positive psychology I think comes into play too, is that there's so many that don't even consider the skills and advantages they have. Sometimes when you ask someone, they're looking at you like, I what are you talking about? I've never, <laughs> I've never, I've never been asked this question. Some people respond like they've never been asked that. And some 
really truly can't think of anything at first and or they'll make a joke like well um i'm a i'm great at procrastination i'm the queen of procrastination i'm like well let's 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 talk about something else though like i mean there's got to be something that like you're you're better at that you're good at compared to the average person or what have others said about you i'll even ask that question sometimes well what do other people say about you and sometimes that'll kind of get them thinking a little more um, it just, yeah, I think those kinds of questions are really important, not just for people with ADHD, but I don't know. Sometimes I think even with kids without ADHD, they look back in school and let's say they weren't the best math student. You know, they were meant to sure. feel bad about that. You know, sure. it just, oh, I'm so bad at this. It doesn't matter that I do well in all of these other subjects, but it only matters that I'm weak in this one area. And so mm. you start focusing in right. that area so much. And I don't know. I don't know. It's it's a shame, but I'm hoping that, you know, what you're doing is wonderful. And I just hope that we can do better for future generations. Yeah. And, you know, you want people to understand and also connect. You know, you're not alone. You know, there's mm-hmm. other peoples. There is the um, ADDA, which is a group of, I don't know if you know that, um, of uh for ADHD. It's an organization for um, people with ADHD, ADD. And it's mostly adults because when it strikes adults, it's a whole different deal. Suddenly you're Mm -hmm. like 40, 50 years old and 60 years old, and you have these qualities and you don't know what's going on. And you've developed ADD, ADHD. And especially if you get it older, how, like, what's going on, you know, as a kid, if you're diagnosed, you learn to work with it. So, you know, um, and you learn how to use it. When I, I was saying to Brittany, when I got my master's, I started to take Adderall again, because I needed it to focus because with um, MS, I lose some of my executive functioning skills. Not all symptoms hit all MS patients that way. But for me, I had superior skills in that area of, of focus and memory. And I had to study differently. So right. right. So I, you know, I needed 14, 15 weeks for a class, not seven, eight weeks. I couldn't do those short classes anymore because I needed more time to let the information go in. Because once it's in, for me, it's in. Mm-hmm. And so you needed, I needed more time to let it sink in. Um, and that's why I'm able to take it, you know, be board certified and take the exams and do what I did because I learned how to focus and how to look at things differently. And we were talking, you know, she was just saying, you know, reading comprehension. I didn't even think about that. I sometimes read something out loud to myself. If I yes. if if I'm struggling with it, I will literally have to hear it. De- definitely, Brittany, when I was reading all those empirical studies and articles, you know, from, you know, from uh, from journals, you know, medical journals and you're like, this is very dense. Mm-hmm. And for somebody with ADHD, you know, your you know, you just your brain starts to swirl. So you want to focus. Um it is. It's a, it's a challenge. Have you found with your kids? I know you have you have two kids, one kid or two kids, three. So I have three. three. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Was that your oldest son we saw before? Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, that is Neil. He is fifteen. Um, Brayton is twelve. He just turned twelve, and then Lorraine is nine. So you know, it's so interesting because it, our middle one, 
Bray, he he does have ADHD. And we're kind of questioning about Lorraine, but um, it's not hers is not, it wouldn't be quite as obvious as, you know, Bray's was. And Neil, I mean, he's the total, he's the total opposite. He's yeah. he's the one that can read something once or hear something once and it's in his head forever. And he's able to focus, he's able to like sit still. He's he's just it's so funny to see our two boys just be so different. It's it's awesome to see though, because they both have just amazing qualities to them. And they're very different kids, but they're it's just what did you notice? What did you notice notice with Brayton that made you think, oh, he's he's having some challenges? So I would say, I mean, since he was born, I mean, it just seemed like I can remember holding him, like trying to hold him as as a baby. And he would just he would go like stiff, stiff as a board because he wanted to, it was almost like he had to just move. Wow. And I'm like, I just don't want to cuddle with my baby. Can we snuggle up together? And I mean, even as a baby, he just, it was just like he was moving so much. And yeah, funny. It's so funny. Yeah. And I would say like throughout the years, he, it just seemed like he was very oppositional, mainly with me and very argumentative, just super stubborn. And I know people say, oh, you know, every, like my children are stubborn too. And my children defy me. And, but this just, I don't know. It just seemed like it was on a whole other level. Sometimes he would have meltdowns that were very, very intense. Mm. Um, And the interesting thing was that, you know, he would, you know, in public or elsewhere, I mean, he was so well-behaved. So it was like, he knew, (laughs) He, he knew that, he knew how he was supposed to behave. He knew how you act in public and what society expects from you and that sort of thing. But it's like the second he would come through the door, it was just like he would unleash. And I knew that he had problems with, you know, sitting still, fidgeting a lot. Yep. He does a lot of the fidgeting. Um, it's a very active boy. Sometimes he does have trouble focusing. And even with reading, I finally got to a point where I'm like, okay, I don't want my kids to hate reading. I don't want them to hate it. And I finally, I would say this past year, well, maybe like six months or so, I'm like, you know, I want you to pick out what you want to read. And and sometimes I still kind of pick something out that I think he'd be interested in. And yeah, I mean, he's, and he's reading almost every night now because I'm telling him like, well, what are you interested in? Go ahead and just pick that out. And I'd rather him do that than just, than, not read at all, or it be some kind of fight every single day. And even if like, even if there's, um, I don't know how to say it, even if it's a book where you think, okay, this is meant for someone a couple years younger, maybe like a 10 year old. I mean, I'm okay with it because there's still a lot of material out there where you're learning quite a bit and it's okay. If it's a book that's meant for like nine or 10 year olds, like if he's still learning something and getting something out of it, like he really enjoys those. Um, do you know those books? They're who was and what was. Oh, sure. Books. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've I've read through them with my kids, and I learned stuff in there. So, like, you know, he can he learn about books. astronauts. You could. I mean, yes. wow. Sure. Yep. Yep. So, it, it did take a while for a diagnosis because it's just it was kind of hard considering how he would be in public or like in a public setting. Right. So, and even me, I thought, well, is it ADHD? Is it this? Is it that? There was a lot of overlap in, you know, symptoms and signs, I guess. And um, I would say in 
was it first grade, maybe kindergarten or first grade, they did say um, sensory processing disorder. So I did get them into some occupational therapy for a little bit. And I suppose that was a little helpful, but it was, it was a little later where uh, the ADHD diagnosis came into play. And I would say sometime, it was sometime after that, where I finally said that I want to get reevaluated. And sure. So, yeah. And I think it's a great way for us to, to maybe, maybe connect isn't the right word, but it's, I think it helps him to know that I understand certain things that he does. Sure. Like he'll, sometimes he'll interrupt often with his friends and I'll have, like, I've had to tell him, Hey, you know, I know what this is like to, you're so anxious to get it out and you want your friends to hear and you're excited. And, and I tell him, you know, I 100% get it. Um, I'm just letting you know that you might come across this way. And, and he's very receptive to it as long as like I'm approaching him in the right way. Right. I think that's the best part. Like you got to approach them in the right way. And, and he was very receptive, you know, like, yeah, I can see that. And I said, you know, if you feel like you're absolutely like you really don't want to forget this, I don't know, maybe take something out real quick and write a keyword down or something down, like that. Or look at your phone and put the keyword in there under memo so that when you went, you know, because it's hard. Yeah. I, I am definitely an interrupter. And so even now <laughs> I am an interrupter um, in my 50s. So you have to be careful and you have to be what I can tell you about that one is, is that um Tell him, he, you know what, it's also be sensitive to the, the the pace of your friends. If you feel like, you know, things are going really fast and everybody's talking and, and so forth, write it down. But also just say, wait, I have an idea to yourself and just say, give yourself a count. Sometimes I will literally just say to myself, wait 10 seconds, just yep. wait 10 seconds because you don't want to be seen as the person who won't let somebody finish a thought. You know, because they don't know where that's coming from. Like, why do you keep interrupting me? Oh, not on purpose. I certainly don't interrupt you on purpose. It's just that I just had a thought and I'm impulsive, which is what Mm -hmm. that is. You're just very impulsive. And that impulsiveness gets you in trouble at times. I've done some very bizarre things that you just go, you know, if you hadn't, you know, sometimes I will think, oh, I'm done with something and I'll shred it or I'll throw it away. It's like, really? Because yeah, you impulsively did that and you actually needed a number on there or a code on there and you thought you were done. To react so quickly, give yourself time to think about it, you know? Mm-hmm. And as a kid, it's you know, it's harder. But yeah, I was what right. they found out about me was, which was interesting, was I actually didn't have as many uh, I was bored. <laughs> mm-hmm. So when I used to say I was going to the bathroom like in first, second, third grade, um, I was actually going to the library and I would be <laughs> under the under the AV table reading because obviously I wasn't stimulated enough at whatever right. was going on in the room. I went and did that. So we found out different things about me and what my ADHD is like. So there are lots of different qualities for ADHD. It's good to have kids evaluated. It's good as an adult to say to yourself, I'm struggling with this. I wonder if there's something um, I can learn. Do I think you need medication for everyone? Absolutely not. But I will tell you with some cases, with some patients, you do need it. I was saying to Brittany, I took it 
when I went back to get my master's because I needed the help on focusing because I'm the ultimate procrastinator. So I needed that tool to focus while I was doing it. Do I take it all the time? Nope. But if I've got something due, if I've got um, something that I'm working on, I will take Adderall. I will take, you know, even a half a dose so that I can focus because I know it helps me center myself and look at things differently. And yeah, it's important to know, though, it's not for everyone. I don't believe that everyone needs to be on on medication. Um, But that's a decision that should happen with a professional, honestly. Mm -hmm. And you know, if you're the parent of that person, you know, have that conversation, make it clear on how it's going to be used. How is it gated? Is it always used? Is it used for certain times? Is it used just for school during five days? Or is it used when they are, you know, on a baseball team or, you know, in music, you know, in an orchestra, do they need it then? And not just to sort of, you know, oh, you have to take it all the time. Right, right. Well, I think it's important to also point out that, you know, unfortunately, I think sometimes, let's say someone gets diagnosed later in life and they get prescribed something and, you know, they think, well, I mean, it kind of helped, but it did, it's not doing what I thought it was going to do, like a 180. And most of the time, you're going to have to use a combination of tools. So it's unfortunate. I wish it was the case where we could just take this medication and magically be better. (laughs) Yeah. Like we're magically going to be better. And I just think it's important to know that more than likely you're probably going to have to use a combination of tools and strategies in life and consider, consider your environment, consider, are you getting enough sleep? I really think that in this country, we don't value sleep enough. Sure. Sure. I mean, you need eight hours. I need eight hours. The people that say, you know, uh, Martha Stewart says she's fine on four hours. I can't even imagine, you know, like functioning on four hours of sleep. I can't even imagine it. You know, it's frightening. It's frightening to me. But everybody, you know, and you can't say everybody needs it. Um, But I agree with Brittany. I think that sleep is really important. I think it gives your body and your mind a rest. And it's important to, no matter what age, to take that and really just rest and relax. I mean, with neurological conditions, I'll tell you out there, doctors always say to us, you know, at least eight hours of sleep because you need that to heal. Um, You know, it's just... It's important. Now, you are also um, doing, uh, you're creating your website. So, you mm-hmm. know, and which is always like, I said to her, do you have a name for the website yet? She's like, oh. I said, no, don't don't worry about it. Because we met through Instagram. So yeah. what's your Instagram handle? Because I don't remember. It's um, at ADHD Brain Health. Brain Health. Which ADHD I love. Brain Health. ADHD yeah. Brain Health, which I love. I love Brain Health. And I, you know. I was inspired and I was, um, you know, when I saw her site and went through it, I'm always looking for, you know, quotes and things like that. And that's why I go through Instagram. So AM at ampersand um, ADHD brain health is a great handle. You can get a hold of her that way. When she gets her website together, she'll put it up on there because we all, well, we all have it up on there. But, you know, if you have a website, it's just, we don't know how we'll like connect 
you know? And so you and I connected and you're busy for a while. You know, you have kids, things come up. It's, you know, beginning of school. It's the end of school. There's lots of things going on. I mean, you've got three, like, you know, I grew up with, you know, a brother and a sister. So I know it's a lot, you know, it's, it's definitely a lot. It got busy. It was really that time of year. I would say from October until like February, it's, I would say that's, our busiest time of the year. And well, all three of their birthdays are around the same time. And then there's oh, Christmas funny. and Thanksgiving. And I mean, Bray is in basketball, which gosh, that's his thing. He is so good. He's very athletic, very skilled in that area. That's great. Um, but yeah, it, it's just a really, really busy time. And what is your daughter interested in? Lorraine, she really um, really likes horseback riding. It took oh. about a year for me to be like, okay, are you sure you really want to do this? But she seems to really enjoy it. She's a very active little girl too. She is, she's like your typical girl. She loves to play house. She loves her dolls. She loves, I don't know, she'll see babies and she, it's almost like the mother is already in her. Oh, I love it. And I just, I love that about her. Sometimes I say she's going to be a better mother than me. <laughs> um, well, you but, teach her well, maybe, you know, it's a pass along. <laughs> yeah. And I, I mean, she's, she's such a hopeful person too. I I've noticed that about her. She loves to help. She will ask anyone like, do you need help with, I don't know, uh, putting the dishes away or do you need help with this or cooking or she I love it. Loves jumping in and helping wherever Isn't that nice? she can. Well, she yes. has two two older brothers, and that's a pretty good position. If you're going to be the the only girl, it's nice to have two older brothers who will protect you. <laughs> oh yes, absolutely, yes, yeah. Because my brother's in the middle, so there's two girls on either side. So there's no middle child in my family because oh, okay. it's a boy, and if it's an opposite sex, there's no middle child because right. he holds his own. You know, he's the only only guy in the group. So it's it's interesting to see how um, personality go. Um, my sister had ADHD. My brother was diagnosed during grade school and then he, they took him off of Ritalin. It was sort mm-hmm. of like a party. Seriously, we would go to friends' houses, you know, because we all live close enough block-wise to walk home for lunch. And there would be like four people out of six who would be taking Ritalin at lunch. So mm-hmm. that was, you know, that was the time, you know, in the 70s that that's what you did, you, you know, you took, you took that. Um, it gave, it's interesting. It gave me a headache. I always had a dull headache. Okay. Some um, say that some do say that uh, not a lot, but some do tell me that, that mm-hmm. it gives the, it gave them a headache. Yep. And Ritalin, when we tried, you know, when I started to get my master's, I, we started with Ritalin because that's what I had taken. It didn't work on me as an adult. So okay. that's why I ended up with Adderall because it just, it didn't have the, the same effect. So, you know, you have to, you have to, that's why you work with the doctor. That's why you work with, uh, you know, somebody who does that um, to figure out uh, dosages and whether it's the right medication and they have to talk sure. to you. This is talk therapy. I mean, what Brittany is doing is talk therapy. What I do is talk coaching. Um, you know, we, we share, you know, and it's important. Um, you also are doing a, a co-hosting a podcast. So tell us about that. Oh, yeah. I would love to know about that too, because I know it's around this. Yeah. Um, it's called the brain health journey podcast and my co-host, uh, her name is Tish Gentile and maybe I can throw in her Instagram handle as well. Um, sure. it, it is at, uh, 
truly underscore Tish underscore ADHD, but I could also um, You'll give, send you know that what, to you as well. Send it to me and I'll put it up on my website. I'm, I'm going to be working on that this afternoon to get some uh, uh, the people I'm interviewing, their websites and information. And sometimes you guys have just really good um, tools, which you were yeah. talking about. So let's go back. Yeah. To, yeah. Well, so the, we, when did you guys start to do the, the uh, podcast? I think it was about a year ago. And I, I'm only saying that because I got an email from Anchor saying, you know, oh, it's your one year. And I'm like, it's already been a year. It doesn't feel like that. So wow. it's been about a year and we try to do it weekly. We've also been trying to get people on to interview them, which has been really nice because I feel like we've learned so much about it. And sometimes we'll try to talk about a little bit of the neuroscience with ADHD depending on what the topic is, and then maybe share some personal experiences and then some strategies of some kind. And, you know, the one thing that I think is so important, well, is like the brain health. We can talk about mental health, but the brain health is just as important. Like, what are you, what are you doing for your brain that is helping? So what kind of tools do you guys talk about? What kind of strategies can you share that you think are, you know, a more general or, you know, that, would be helpful to people because that'll lead them over to you, um, which is great. I mean, that, as I said to you guys, I say this a lot on this show, information, I love information, but information is only as good as the pass along. Okay. Right. And it does, it takes a village to make difference. So I really love doing the radio show every week because I learn so much and I connect mm -hmm. with people I wouldn't have connected with, which, you know, just extends my umbrella even more. And that's what I want to be able to do. I want to be able to utilize people and send people to experts. And we're all in different areas. So, you know, she's in the Midwest and I'm here on the East Coast. So it gives us a chance to connect. So sure. what, what are some tools that you found that help with focus? Oh. You talked about well, your son focusing. and the book. So you talked about the, yes. you know, reading, which I think is great. Just let the kid choose a subject they want and mm -hmm. read it. Not specifically not say, oh, no, you have to read about blah, blah, blah. Let them choose what they want to read. Sure. And, you know, this really took some time for me to really understand what, what is going on with myself. And I think I'm still learning about myself. One thing that I think is important is that a lot of people with ADHD have sensory issues, whether they go through sensory overload very easily, or they do get distracted by whatever is going on around them. And that can really lead one to just feel exhausted. And I don't know if uh, you're familiar with working memory. Sure. But, so with ADHD, you most likely have weakened working memory. And think of this as kind of an area where you need to remember something in the short term. So you walk in the room. What did I just come in here for? Oh, I just put my keys somewhere. Where are they? I I don't know where I just put them. Oh, that person just told me their name. I don't remember what their name is. They just told me five minutes ago. Um, when they're, you know, because we already have that weekend working memory, we do have to consider things like our environment and what is going on around us. And you can't control everything. But you can control some, some stuff to a degree. And that can help not fill up or take up that space in the working memory. Because once you've like piled everything into your brain, you're exhausted. You can't focus. You can't, it just seems like you can't do one more thing. And so there are 
there are times where I have to think, you know, is, is something too distracting? Or maybe I actually need a little noise. Maybe I need a fan or some white noise to actually help me focus. And so you got to have to kind of think a little bit about what may help you and what is actually, I guess, hurting your distraction. Because sometimes there could be something going on and you don't realize that it's actually like taking that focus away from you. Or like I said, it's taken up that space in your working memory so fast that once it's full, you just, it's like, I can't do one more thing. <laughs> overload. So, do you have an overload? Yeah. Yeah. And even just the other day, I was, um, I, I did tell some people, you know, even notifications that come up on your phone, think, you know, think about it. Do you, when's the last time that you participated in certain group chats? Do you have to know every single Instagram notification that's coming in and Facebook and TikTok? No, no. I don't even have those set up. I do not have those set up. I I don't even, my husband, it makes it hard in text on the phone, on the iPhone. I do not have a sound when texts come in because if I was being, even more so, let's go here. That at least when I get a new text, I just have a bing. That's it. Mm -hmm. But for um, for my, my mail, my email. I cannot have that going on all day. I remember right. when it was set up that it was going, I went crazy. It was like, I don't ever want to be told that I have stuff. I don't. Mm-hmm. I will go to Facebook. I will go to email. I will go to Twitter. I cannot have that kind of overload. I Right. And so thank because you for pointing that out. It. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for pointing every, that out. Every time, every time that happens, it's taking a little bit away throughout the day. If, even if it's just one text message, even if it's just one Bing. I mean, add that up throughout the day. Yep. And it's it's a lot. And it's a lot of time where you are getting distracted. It may just be a second, but it but really it adds does up. add up. It does add up. It really I think does. it adds up. And I think that's a really good point, you know, um, to know that about yourself that, you know what, I don't need this. I always say, you know, sometimes when I get on Facebook or Instagram or Pinterest, I fall into the black hole, you know, because you go to look at something and then suddenly it's an hour later and you're like, are you serious? Right. Yeah. And so sometimes you have to put boundaries on things when you're going to do it, you know, try and look at your emails in the morning at one time and then leave it alone for a while because you won't be able to focus on what you want to accomplish that day. Easier said than done. I don't, you know, especially if you're in an office and you need to look at emails and so forth, but keep out of your personal emails during the day. Don't go in there because you will have overload, you know? So I think that's a really good point. Yes. Right. Oh, well, I guess I was going to add real quick too that, you know, sometimes depending on the person, we can forget to drink enough water throughout the day and eat consistently throughout the day. And, you know, then at the end of the night, okay, I'm so hungry. And then you start eating everything in one sitting and it becomes this vicious cycle. So, I mean, one thing that I know my kids get annoyed, but I'm always like, you know, are you drinking enough water? Are you drinking enough water? It, it, I I really cannot stress how important it is to keep that brain hydrated And to make sure that you are eating a little bit throughout the day, keep that blood sugar stable. Because once it starts taking a dip, you're going to start reaching for all the wrong things. And I don't want to say that, you know, having a treat on occasion, it's totally fine. But when we're going through this habit of not eating all day, and then at the end of the night, we're just binging and eating all the things we shouldn't, because that's what our brains are finally telling us. The blood sugar has taken a dip and the brain is saying like, 
All right. I need this to come back up. I need this serotonin to go up and blood sugar. I know where to get it right now. And you go and you reach for all the wrong things. So honestly, I eating consistently, you know, I mean, just eating throughout and the eating day. eating nutritional things. That's what you're talking yes. about. You know, when yeah. you're eating yep. just sugar and you're eating refined foods, processed foods, they aren't going to feed your brain the same as, you know, orange juice. I'm going to do an easy one. Orange juice versus an orange. You're better off with an oh, orange yeah. because first of all, the orange sugar burns uh, slower than um processed, you know, uh, orange juice that's just been created, even if it's fresh orange juice, it's always best to go back to the source because we need that nutrition. We need that value. And I agree with her. I think, you know, having a treat and having things is great, but we have to feed the brain, you know, just like we have to feed the body. And also I'm going to mention this too, and I'm curious how you feel about this. I learned a lot in my master's about neuroplasticity and that the brain keeps learning. It keeps changing and growing. Doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. You could be six or 60. Your brain keeps having the ability and why they call it neuroplasticity. Plastic is malleable. So being able to have your brain learn something new, like a tool, like a, a way to handle things is a skill. And we want to be able to use those kinds of tools to know that. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and even in, when you study neuroplasticity, yeah, you have to feed the brain the right way. We were just talking about, you know, before we started, um, the, the gentleman who does my, my uh, sound editing to make sure that as much as like you heard the dog coughing before, cause he's 15 and holds us. My dog to- was barking. Yeah, and you'll hear those things because we live lives and we're in, you know, our studios and in our homes, but we want to be able to learn how to how to focus that and stay on point, you know, right. and that neuroplasticity gives us the ability. I use it a lot for um, working with um, weight management uh, clients because okay. you can re you can teach your brain that waiting twenty minutes and taking time to get the message that you're hungry is something mm-hmm. that pays off that you can learn how to hold on for 20 minutes to get the message that, oh, I'm starting to get satiated. Or I do an exercise that I love with a piece of chocolate with people. And you have them, right? You know that one where you open a piece of chocolate and you listen to the wrapper and you put it towards your ear. You listen because when we experience chocolate, I'll use that one. It started with a raisin, but I like chocolate better. So oh, okay. uh, he did start with a raisin and John Kabat-Zinn did it with a raisin first. Um, okay. But chocolate, I think for people has a better, uh, it has a better texture. And so when you say to somebody, I don't want you to bite it. I don't want you, I want you to just put a piece on your tongue and you just, you're taking a small piece. Think, you know, think, think a small piece. Don't think a big piece. Um, you're very busy coughing here. Oh, oh yeah. You know, this is what happens when you're older. He could get some water though. So I think he'll probably do that soon. My dog. Poor guy. You know, they're funny. They're just funny beans. Um, Saying that, you know, if you give that to somebody and suddenly they have to experience it through their tongue, through the sensory Mm -hmm. issues and sensory uh, magnets, I can watch somebody go, wow, I didn't know it tasted like this. I'm used to just like putting my mouth and chewing it and being done and getting the next piece. So 
there is neuroplasticity in teaching people to savor, to experience something slower so they understand, oh, this is why I love the way it tastes or it feels in my mouth. And it changes the dynamic of a food. You know, it could be that simple. You know, um, I think that's great for ADHD people too. I think slowing down and going, what does this feel like instead of charging through sometimes is really useful. Oh, I agree because our minds are going, most of us, I would say, our minds are just constantly going. And so we don't like, it's practicing mindfulness. It's practicing being in the present moment. And that's something I'm really working on doing Me myself. Too. And yeah. I feel like I'm always on the go. And it's like, even if someone's trying to talk to me, I'm, I'm still going and I'm trying to get myself to stop and like, okay, look at the person that is, that is talking to me is wanting to tell me something or just have an interaction. And I, and I've been working on that, really been working on that. And it's, it's hard, but I think like what you're saying, just kind of being in the present moment, it's, it's hard for us to do, but there are a lot of benefits. And even you were saying, learning new things, take some time. Gosh, I don't, I don't care if it's like for five minutes a day, you're learning a new language, even if it's just for five minutes. Yeah. Just take some time every day to learn something new because sure. it's like your your brain is a muscle. Think when you're going and exercising, you're working out with, I don't know, let's say you're lifting weights and you're just, your muscles in here are not used to that. Right. You, you're working those muscles where your brain is the, is the same way. So you're kind of introducing your brain to, I suppose, new things right. and you're working out those areas in your brain. So gosh, even like I say, even five to 10 minutes a day of learning. I agree. Something new. I agree. Listen, I say that about meditation to people, Brittany. Yes. Um, I say, you know what? I don't need you to do formal meditation. What I need is for you to take a little time and be mindful by being with yourself. You know, right. I don't need you, you know, you want to put on music, you want to listen to a meditation, that's fine. But it could be as simple as going outside for 10, 20 minutes and just taking a walk and smelling right. the fresh air because it gives you another way to experience things and also to reset yourself with mm -hmm. ADHD. Sometimes you need to reset yourself. So use that time. And, you know, meditation has a lot of meanings, you know. As right. I said, it does not have to be formal. It does not have to be legs crossed, sitting there, oming it. Honestly, use it the way you want to have a little time with yourself. Yes. And, and I, I'm so I, glad you said that. You know, you I'm need so glad time you with that. yourself, right? And that's yeah. what mindfulness, I mean, you both talk about mindfulness. So I'm glad to hear that because being mindful is being aware, yeah. being awake, understanding that, you know, you, this is what is going on right now. It's like about your son with being able to focus and not be so, um, not interruptive, um, impulsive. Yeah. So if you have the time to be mindful for him, that's what that is, is being mindful of, oh, there's other people talking. Maybe I should wait. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Well, but they're still talking. Well, write it down. Put it on a napkin, put it on a piece of paper, put it in your phone. So when it becomes a lull in a conversation, even as a kid or as an adult, you can say, oh, I wanted to say so-and-so, or I wanted to mention blah, blah, or I was thinking that that inspired me to blah, blah. Those are things with ADHD and ADD that are really helpful. 
you know, yes. taking, ta- using that mindfulness to understand, you know, why am I going so fast? Why, you know, give yourself a minute to catch up because that's, that's part of neuroplasticity, being mindful and is retraining that brain to do things. You and I, you know, I said to you before we started, um, my sound editor really wanted people, both of us to be on headphones because Mm -hmm. when you do this, he asked me to put it on two tracks. So when you hear the dog or you hear certain, um, our, you know, other sounds, he can remove them easier. And you hadn't been working with with headphones. And, I, and you were like, oh, wait, my son has them. So yes. you got them. And what did you learn? You learned that, you know what, this actually knocks out some of the things I hear around the house. Right, right. And, and maybe, I do like it, by the way. Right. I do and, like it. <laughs> and, and maybe this is a tool for me when I'm doing my podcast, when I'm talking to someone, a client or doing an interview. Um, it's, it's amazing how things sort of go, oh, that's a great tool. This is a great right. way to, to handle this because I would rather not have headphones on. I'd rather just speak through the, 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 uh, you'd think through the, you know, the, the laptop, we'd be fine, but it really helps, um, when he's, you know, putting sound together and we're, we're sharing, you know, wellness learning curves with you guys each week, the clearer it is, the better off we all are. And it also makes outer sounds not, uh, not as disruptive, right? You don't hear the kids or the dog as much unless the dog really barks loud, but you know, but it, it, it helps focus. So right. ADHD is a lot about focus. It really is. And, you know, like you were saying about the meditation, I know there's a lot that say, well, I can't meditate. Well, okay. So maybe not the formal way, like you're saying, but uh, you know, lie down on your bed, take five minutes to close your eyes and listen to some calming music, or maybe someone needs to talk through it to help you visualize something in your head. You know, I uh, try to do, if you feel like five minutes is too much, try to do it for one minute and work your way up from there. Like, like you said, meditation doesn't have to be one thing. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's what a lot of people think. And they're like, oh, I just, well, I just can't do it. Well, you can lie down and listen to some calming music for a couple minutes and see how you do with that. Kind of really pay attention. If, like I said, five minutes, if that's too much, start with one minute or two minutes, but it doesn't have to be this thing where you have to do it in this exact same way, or you have to feel this exact way. It doesn't necessarily have to be that way. Right. And now, you know, with all these apps like calm.com, all these apps, they have meditations for a minute or two minutes and that's it. They can be lead meditations. They can just be sound. You know, I, I love, you know, the, the, I love certain kinds of meditations better than others. You know, right. um, I like to listen to certain sounds better than others. Find what it is that you like. Um, with ADHD, man, if I remember, and you and I talked about this, do we always remember? No. What's good right. for us and what helps us? I know everybody out there probably feels that way. But sometimes I remember that if I, before I jump out of bed in the morning, just give myself a minute to just connect with my mm-hmm. body before I fly out of bed. Wow. And if I'm really stressed and there's a lot going on, to take a minute to put on my headphones and just disappear 
for a second because right. that makes a huge difference for me, you know, and I don't know how you feel about that, but I think it really, really helps. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know? Absolutely. I, that's one thing I'm trying to work on in the mornings too, is, you know, not jump on my phone right away and start looking at everything, the emails, the notifications, text messages. Yep. I'm trying to, yeah, just take a little time to, I guess, wake up and for it to be a little quiet or, oh my gosh, when the sun is shining, I feel like that just changes my mood no sure. matter what. And, yeah, you know, I mean, if I feel like um, listening to a podcast, if I feel like that's something that does me some good, then right. I'll turn on something like that. But right. you have to be selective on what you think is going to be helping you. Because right. you wake up and you start jumping into everything that you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're just, I feel like at to an extent, you're setting yourself up to be stressed throughout the day. Yeah. And I, I agree with you. I think that, you know, there's all different ways to get there. And we're just suggesting some things and, you know, also finding that there are things that we um, believe that work well together, you know, mm-hmm. um, that we both feel are very, very strong um, tools for for using to, to uh, focus ourselves. Um, you know, you look for those things that really, um, for you, make a difference. You know, and everybody's different um, in regards to uh, how they get there. You know, sure. I mean, it, I, I think Absolutely. so. But, you know, we could talk a lot about this for a long time. I think that, you know, um, we'll definitely come back and visit again, especially as as Brittany gets her website up. But yeah, it, it's been great being able to connect with you and talk with you, another woman trying to make a difference and knowing that it takes a village to make a difference. Um, Absolutely. And remind people of your Instagram handle and your uh, co-host for your show. Um, so first of all, I just, I appreciate you inviting me on here so much. It's been so fun talking to you, even with talking what for a half hour before we actually hit record, that was a lot of fun. And And you don't want to connect. We don't know each other. So it's like, even though we could talk on the phone and through emails, being able to connect is really important. So absolutely. Absolutely. Um, thank you. It's been a pleasure. I've learned a, a bunch of things and, and re relearned things that I had forgotten. So that was, that was really nice to hear things from, you know, your point of view on how you're using, um, uh, positive uh, psychology and how you're working with people in regards with tools for ADHD. You know, it, yes. it, it does, you know, there's more. Well, oh, there's a lot more that we can talk <laughs> about. Definitely. And um, again, my handle is at ADHD brain health on Instagram. And then our podcast is the brain health journey podcast that can be found on Spotify, Apple, Google, and I think maybe seven other cool platforms. Um, and then my co-host, her name is Tish Gentile and her Instagram handle is at truly underscore Tish underscore ADHD. Funny. And how did you guys meet? She actually reached out to me See? on Instagram. Here <laughs> you go, you guys. Connecting yep. with people means a lot. Having a chronic condition, even as simple, not so simple as ADHD and sharing that helps us learn about a chronic condition and how to make a lifestyle change so that our quality of life is better. That's my mission. 
That's yep. my mission here. So it's exactly. been a pleasure having you here. And Thank I'll you. see you guys next week with somebody intriguing and interesting. And you can always um, reach me at mjwellnessnavigator.com. Let me know what you guys think, what you want to hear, any suggestions, any tools, anything that I can share with other uh, listeners and readers would be super. And have a great day and enjoy the view, you guys. What a pleasure. <laughs>